This is Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Today on the show, we celebrate Halloween. Yes, with useless information about horror movies and all kinds of Halloween stuff. But we also have our regular show with science, fashion, and dreams. Plus, we'll answer your question in our mailbag segment. And, of course, your favorite news from around the world. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Bone chilling. Blood curdling. Oh, the horror of horrors. Listen. If you dare. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we welcome you once again. This is our annual tradition. Thank you for joining us. We have totally used this Halloween information. So we have a whole cauldron full of totally useless information. And you see what I did there? Kind of like as if this is like the front porch light is on and we're going to give out as much. I wish at this point Freddy Krueger would jump out and lop your head off. <laughs> <laughs> He's right behind you. In the, you know, in the movie Halloween, the budget was so tight. Yeah. They had such a small budget in the movie that they couldn't figure out how to make the character look scary. So they actually went to a store and bought the cheapest mask they could find, which was a William Shatner mask. What? If you watch the movie Halloween, you'll notice that he strikes a resemblance to William Shatner. Like a mask that they messed up, but it's a William Shatner. They bought it at a party store for like a couple of bucks. Wow, talking about low budget, but boy, look how much money that made. Owls have been um, synonymous with with Halloween, of course, right? Owls mm. are very popular Halloween symbols. In medieval times, owls were believed to be witches, and if you heard the call of an owl, it mm. meant that someone was about to die. Who? Who? <laughs> They wouldn't tell us who. <laughs> or how about, you know what? Hey, hey, I just came up with this. Uh, what does a deaf owl say? What? What? Yes, exactly. <laughs> also, owls can rotate their necks 270 degrees. Humans, really? 160. I seen a movie like that one time. It was The Exorcist. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> Listen to this one. This is a great Halloween thing. During Halloween, Scottish girls thought they could see an image of their future husband if they hung a wet towel in front of the fireplace. Is that, can you imagine this? They literally took like a, a wet towel or sheet yeah. and hung it in front of the fireplace to see the glow through it. They thought they could see the image of their future husband. This just in, lots of Scottish girls die in horrific fires. <laughs> oh, no, that's horrible. Well, here's a cool Halloween horror-y type thing that went on. Yeah. The Druids, the ancient Druids, would have on what on the what they considered Halloween, what they called a bone fire. And they would throw the bones of cattle into the fire on Sambine, which was what they called Halloween, right. and what, what eventually becomes Halloween is Sambine. The bone fire eventually became barn fire, which then became bonfire. 
which is what we call it, bonfire. A bonfire. But they would take the bones from the cattle, throw them in there, and then the next day they'd have these nice black, bleached white bones, and I guess they would keep them as sentimental things for Halloween. Who sure. I would, I would just roast steaks. That's what I would yeah. do. I would just walk the cow right into the bonfire. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, would, come here, come here. Here you go. It won't hurt me a bit. Sugar rationing during World War II, because of the shortage of sweet stuff, trick-or-treating wasn't as big of a, a deal during World War II, but after the rationing ended, it was all systems go on the candy collecting front because they needed the sugar for World War II, right? Candy companies began launching advertising campaigns to cash in on the ritual and make sure kids were clamoring for their products to show up in their candy buckets and spare pillowcases. Mm. Okay, folks, get ready for this one. This is a cool Halloween fact. According to legend, the jack-o'-lantern, which is basically the lit up pumpkin, right. the jack-o'-lantern was named after a Irish guy named Jack, who was a stingy man who tricked the devil several times into doing things for him and offering his soul, but he tricked him. He was forbidden to enter either heaven or hell. I guess God figured he just tricked me too, you know, once shy. so he was condemned by both the devil and god to walk the earth for eternity waving his lantern oh that's why they call it the jack-o-lantern would have been hilarious if the jack-o-lantern was created by an irish guy named phil (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Hey, let's turn to some music because Halloween, you know, there's a lot of music that goes on around Halloween. And of course, the Monster Mash is that everyone plays. But what about the Michael Jackson album Thriller? Let me do one more. Sure. According to tradition, if a person wears their clothes inside out and walks backward, now this is ancient tradition, and walks backward on Halloween, they will see a witch at midnight. Now, who the hell walks backwards and wears their clothes backwards? You're going to get put away probably. You're not going to see a witch. You're going to see a doctor. <laughs> That's right. Ah. Who's, dra- who's dressed as a witch? <laughs> a witch doctor. So if you're celebrating Halloween this weekend, whether you're going to a party or you have something at your house, please be safe out there. And if you're trick-or-treating with your kids, be safe, of course, as we always tell you. This drive, Don't drink and drive. And if you're going to, don't eat too much candy if you're diabetic. Yes. I already did. There you go. And that's why he looks like the way he does. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. From Beethoven to Bieber, rock and roll to rhythm and blues. This is Totally Useless Music Information with Nick and Roy. Boy, that was kind of classy, wasn't it, huh? You know, I was tickling tickling the ivories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not all I was tickling. <laughs> so we've heard of the Moog or Moog synthesizer. Mm. It was uh, the surname of the late Robert Moog, inventor of the legendary Moog synthesizer. It's Moog. Moog. It's Moog. But everyone Moog. has said Moog, Moog for so long, no one bothers to correct it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, doesn't matter. It sounds great. It's the it's named after the late Robert Moog. I forget where I was. I'm not sure if if it's I'm not sure if it's in Gainesville, Florida, where the actual first place where they were producing them was. And there's a building that says it's like embedded in the building Moog. And and I wanted to go in there, but I never went in. Pretty cool. Hey, the first song performed not just played like not played on a tape or anything like that actually performed in space 
okay, was Jingle Bells in 1965 on board of the Gemini 6 mission. Walter Shearer and Tom Stafford used a harmonica and a bell to play Jingle Bells in 1965. It was the first song ever played in space. It was out of this world. <laughs> I, I, first off, harmonica, they could have played something even cooler than that. A little bluesy, you know. <laughs> I say jingle bells. <laughs> Been around the moon. <laughs> jingle all the way. <laughs> it's, a, it's the jingle bell blues. Hey, two girls and a vegetable. Now it sounds it sounds really intriguing. It sounds it's, like a porn film. It does, too, but it's not. <laughs> Two girls and a vegetable. Veteran gangster rapper Ice T. His birth name is Tracy Lauren Marrow. So what? yeah, his actual. He's real tough. So he's named after oh. two girls and a vegetable. Hard man. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. All right, so you had something with with uh, like uh, rap music. I have hip hop. Ah, okay. Hip hop music. Get ready. I, this was a shocker to me because I was around. If you remember, we were both around during the birth of hip hop. So, but hip hop music was invented by Clive Campbell. He was a DJ, and his DJ name was DJ Cool Here. DJ K-O-O-L-H-E-R-E. DJ Cool Here. It was invented on August 11th, 1973. Whoa. Yeah. During a DJ's concert event. Okay. So they were having a bunch of DJs, and this guy probably was like, and playing music, and then he went, a hip, a hop, a hip, a hip, a hip, a hip. Hey, what's your name? This crooner was born... Arnold George Dorsey. He borrowed his stage name, however, from a German composer. Died in 1921. Mozart? No. This composer, so this is a crooner who took on this German composer's name. The composer's name, Engelbert Humperdinck. No. It was a German composer, best known for having composed the opera Hansel and Gretel. So crooner Arnold George Dorsey otherwise known as Engelbert Humperdinck, took the name from the German composer. Nick and Roy will continue with totally useless information. We're back with totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. There are so little amounts of left-handed people in the world that there are very, very few left-handed guitars. Because think about this. On average, 10% of the world's population are left-handed. But out of that 10%, there's maybe 1% or less will play the guitar. So who the hell cares about left-handed people? If you own a guitar company, I know you're left-handed, Nick. You play the guitar? No. See? Nobody cares about you. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I am left-handed. You're right-handed. And, you know, I think the scientific, I know we'll, t- we'll talk about science later, but the left side of the brain, of course, controls the right side of the body. You remember that in science? Mm-hmm. And the right side of the brain controls the left side of the body, meaning lefties are in their right mind. Yes, exactly. But, you know, when I asked Nick if he played guitar, he says, I have two fenders, but they're on my car. (laughs) (laughs) And I drank really a lot one night. It was a fender bender. (laughs) You think you drank a lot tonight, the way you said that. (laughs) I drank a lot. lot. (laughs) Exactly. Edward Van Halen. Okay, Mm -hmm. we all know uh, Ed Van Halen, right? Eddie Van Halen. All right. The The late, great Eddie Van Halen. He had a middle name. It was Ludwig, named after composer Ludwig van Beethoven. Wow. So Van Halen's middle name is actually Ludwig, which is a Dutch version of Ludwig van Beethoven. You know, the the uh, patented guitar uh, lick, they call him, yeah. that Eddie Van Halen did was he would play with his finger on the neck, plucking the strings as he would change the other finger and it would sound like like that like a fugue sounding thing there's a name for that it's called hammer-ons oh hammer-ons because you kind of hit the string like a hammer with your finger so you're hitting it very fast but anyway i digress (laughs) thank you listen the mars rover i had two space things for music i thought that was cool nice the mars rover curiosity played happy birthday to itself on its first year anniversary after it landed wow yes on mars it played happy birthday that makes happy birthday the first song to be played on a on a uh, foreign planet so it was actually the first song played on a foreign planet happy birthday to the mars curiosity rover so <laughs> Jingle Bells was the first uh, song uh, played in space. Right. Happy Birthday was the first song sung in space. Uh, the first song performed, performed was, Jingle was Jingle Bells, right. And Happy Birthday was the first song played on a foreign planet. Right. By, and the rover, the Mars rover, wished itself a happy birthday. Exactly. All right. Sure. But first it said... Can Rover come over and play Happy Birthday? (laughs) (laughs) And what did they serve as a birthday cake? Mars bars. Thank you. (laughs) Cheese. That's right. You're listening. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the moon. (laughs) That's right. And speaking of cheese, you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Wake up. Time for totally useless information with Nick and Roy as they present dreams. Wake up. Mm -hmm. Wake up. What? Dreams. All right. Dream control. People can have what is called lucid dreams, meaning you control your dream. Do you control your dreams? Uh, I tried, but then I was told to stop it. No, I, listen, you don't need to tell this to Heidi Klum because she's in my dreams, so she knows, she knows <laughs> that I'm in control of them. Yes. I'm really good. No, but but listen, people can, and I do control my dreams a lot of times, not all the time, but sometimes I'm dreaming and, 
you know, I'll, you, I'll say, go down that street, you know, go down this street. And, and in the dream, you're doing what you're telling it consciously what to do in the dream. So you're giving directions in the dreams. Is that what you're doing? Basically. Mm -hmm. And Heidi Klum is very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> she loves a controlling man. Yes. If you let me tell you something, I yeah. sleep eight hours, so it's a lot longer than reality. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you ever dream that you're being chased by a spider, it suggests that you're feeling trapped in the current situation that you're in, or maybe your relationship. You desperately want to get out of the situation, but you are afraid to stand up and confront it. Rematona mm. is what stops us from acting out on our dreams. It paralyzes us, so to speak. And I think we spoke about it on one of the dream segments. Yeah. But what if it doesn't happen? We never got into what happens if rematona doesn't happen. Oh. Well, that's called sleepwalking. Oh, okay. If rematoma doesn't happen during REM sleep, you'll just get up and start walking around in your dream. <laughs> so you just, that's pretty neat. You go make yourself a ham sandwich. <laughs> in my case, you'll make a little schnitzel <laughs> yeah. and open up a nice leaf from mulch and say, Heidi, I sit down, enjoy you. Schnitzel and leave the most from Lichtenstein. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. If you're dreaming of a blackbird, or if you see a blackbird in your dream, it signifies a lack of motivation. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> you're not utilizing your full potential. Why even bother? Right? No, exactly. Yeah. So you know what? It even represents jealousy, lust, and temptation. I really don't care. I really, really don't care. Interesting, I guess. I mean, so it, it, the blackbird represents jealousy, lust. Or temptation. Or temptation. That's right. No wonder nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this one. Women dream more about rejection and exclusion, you think? Men dream more about violence and weapons, okay? Men interact with other men in dreams twice as much as women interact with other women. More people have negative emotions while dreaming like anger, sadness, and fear than positive emotions like happiness and love. The study was done by a scientist who never had a date in high school, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but can you imagine that more of us dream anger and sadness and fear rather than happiness and love. So this explains, you know, the world today, I guess. I would think in the 60s it was all about happiness, love, and flowers. Yeah. <laughs> the summer of love. According to a poll about the dreams that people have, 67% of a Polish, A Polish person? No. It's according oh. to, this is according, to, said a according to a poll. No, 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 no. A pole dancer. According ah, to a pole dancer. Better. Right. Now, now you got my attention. <laughs> there you go. See? <laughs> yeah. Where's the blackbird when you really need it? <laughs> according, <laughs> according to some research by a pollster from Poland, 67% of Americans have experienced deja vu in their dreams. It occurs more often in females than males. Wow, I think I've heard that before. <laughs> According to a poll from Poland, 67% of Americans have experienced deja vu in their dreams. 
Wow, I'm amazed. <laughs> you know, it's also amazing <laughs> listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Do you have a mailbag? You said you have a mailbag? Oh, yes. Oh, you do? Okay, so if you would like to email us, okay, it's really Tell simple. Them. You Tell go to they, Nick and they Roy. They should be interested. No, they should be interested in this. They should. And this right. is what you do. It's really, it's so simple, we can even do it. You go mm -hmm. to nickandroy.com and click on Contact Us. And we'll read your email. What's in the mailbag? Like, oh, my God. What's in the mailbag? It's, it's, like, it's like deja vu. You go to nickandroy.com and you click on contact us. Yeah. 67% of Americans have experienced deja vu in their dreams. <laughs> I thought you were going to hit the music again. <laughs> What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Wow. I think I heard that before. No. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Nick and Roy will continue with totally useless information. You're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. What's in the it's like, mailbag? Oh my God. What's in the mailbag? It's, it's, like, it's like deja vu. You go to nickandroy.com and you click on contact us. Yeah. 67% of Americans have experienced deja vu in their dreams. I thought you were going to hit the music again. <laughs> well, go to nickandroy.com and you can email us just Simply click contact us. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Wow. I think I heard that before. No. Okay. <laughs> That's it. People, okay. Yes. Mailbag. Yeah. Now get ready for the name. Gerhardt. <laughs> okay, Gerhardt. Gerhardt is from Al Sund. A-L-E-S-U-N-D. Al-Sund or Al-Sund. I don't know, and I hope I'm not butchering it. But it's, I'm going to say Al-Sund, Norway. I looked it up. It is a small town in Norway. Nice. And Gerhardt writes, No, no. <laughs> Did you read it upside down? Is that what happened? <laughs> I don't even know. What what language do people in Norway speak? Finnish? Norwegian. Oh, they're Norwegian. That's yeah. right. What the hell am I talking about? Yeah, you're finished. Go on. I guess you... they're finished. Yeah. <laughs> Will you finish the mailbag, please? Okay. So anyway, Gerhardt writes, you guys are so funny. And I learned so much. Keep up the good work. We love your show in Norway. I have turned about 20 people onto your show in Norway, and they are faithful listeners. He writes it a little broken up, but it was very nice. He literally has gotten 20 people in Elsund, Norway, to listen to our show, and they are faithful listeners. Okay, Gerhardt, so get ready. There are 5.3 million people living in Norway. So 
I mean, it's nice. Thank you very much. 20 people. But there's 5.3 million, Gerhardt. I think you could do a little better than mm-hmm. that. I think you so. Know, I, think, I think you could get a little more going. No, no, we really do appreciate it. And maybe you can put in a good word for the Nobel Peace Prize, which is in Oslo, Norway. Me and Nick could really, you know, get some attention if we got a Nobel Peace Prize. We'd like that. Uh, did you know also that Norway has the world's longest road tunnel? It's 15 miles long. Wow. There's only 5.3 million people, 15 miles. That's a couple people per foot or two. So they could all stand on the road all at once. <laughs> they should They should play um, our show in the tunnel. During the ceremony for the Nobel Peace Prize. That's correct. Right. So, But can you imagine, Nick, when we started this thing somewhat, Three years now? Two years? A year and a half. But it feels like three. Go on. It feels like five. <laughs> Can you imagine when we started this? Yeah. That somebody would be contacting us from Alsund, Norway, named Gerhardt, writing yeah. us about the 20 people in Norway that he turned on to listen to our show. We're in 56 countries across the world. Yeah. God knows we're probably right next to Jingle Bells and Happy Birthday. <laughs> yes. Mars. yes. Yeah, and, and some people do want to send us out to space. <laughs> exactly. They'd like to see us go forever. That's right. <laughs> well, we can't go forever, but uh, a reminder, once again, go to our website, nickandroy.com, and send us an email. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing. It's science, science, science. That's where it is. I couldn't find it. A human organ that no one knew about has been hiding in plain sight. You thought they would discover, but no, all this time it was hiding. It's called mesentery. It connects the intestine. I had that too. (laughs) (laughs) Mesentery. (laughs) Little got a little penicillin, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, high school with the great years of high school. Oh yeah. So this mesentery play with somebody's mesentery. <laughs> well, well, you'd have to go digging deep because this mesentery connects the intestine to the abdomen and is believed to perform important functions for the body, ranging from helping the heart to aiding the immune system. The good old mesentery. Oh wow! Don't mess with that's, mesentery. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. See yep. now, now people, you're, you're listening to the show. You, that's one of the ones that people are going to go around the mesentery. It's a new organ. Oh, um, where are we in science? That's that's what the guy said. The guy sang. Okay. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most popular jingles that uh, our audience have told us they love that one. So that's why it was worth playing a second time. You were saying about science. The great white shark has multiple rows of teeth. Okay, we all now know that to replace teeth that fall out. But did you know that the great white shark's teeth are as strong as the strongest steel that we can make? Oh. So their teeth, why the hell they have extra rows? I mean, they're not going to break. <laughs> you know? yeah. One time when I was in high school, <laughs> when I was getting over mesentery, I kissed... A girl with braces on. That was interesting. She had metal teeth. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess, note to self, um, do not become a shark dentist. You'll go out of business. Note to self, don't French kiss the girl with braces. (laughs) (laughs) And he has the scars to prove it. 
Come out, come out, wherever you are. The earth appears to have a whole new underground continent called Zealandia. The discovery isn't new, however. Some geologists have been arguing for its existence for many, many years. However, in 2017, a team of scientists concluded that Zealandia fulfills all the requirements to be considered a drowned continent. You want to taste. Just use your tongue, right? After you use it with the uh, girl with the braces. <laughs> yes. No. Well, wrong. The only reason we taste food is because of saliva. If there was no saliva, we wouldn't taste anything. The saliva breaks down the food so the tongue receptors can read it and understand what the flavor is. Or in the case of my wife's food, just awful. Oh, <laughs> wow. I do it all the time, and she knows it's not true because she is a wonderful cook yeah. and the greatest person in the world, and I'm afraid of her. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, your couch must be really, really comfortable. Really comfortable. <laughs> My next one I call bloody hell. Lungs do more than help us breathe. A surprising discovery has found they also make blood. The organ present in mammals, as we know, is believed to produce more than 10 million platelets per hour. The lungs? The lungs produce blood. Wow. If Betelgeuse, the brightest star in the sky, is called Betelgeuse. If Betelgeuse becomes a supernova, it can explode, and it would light up our sky for more than two months straight. Now, it's like 900 million years away, but the supernova would explode with such brilliance that the light would keep shining for about two months or 60, 70 days. We would have no darkness, no nighttime, and it could happen any time because Betelgeuse is about to become a supernova. could happen in 100 years, it could happen tomorrow, it could happen in 1,000 years, but it will eventually become a supernova. I'll wait. So get some sleep now while you can. <laughs> before it's too bright that you can't. So we talked about monkeys before in the show and how they love to, to suck on their leaves to get inebriated. But monkeys and their relationship with music, great apes, including chimpanzees and orangutans, have absolutely no appreciation of music whatsoever. None. Researchers have shown that they can't tell the difference between Beethoven and Bieber. And the music is all just meaningless to them. It just sounds like whatever. They have no appreciation whatsoever for music. Wow. So they, they wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So that, like, the whole thing, music uh, calms the savage beast, is probably a lie. And, of course, <laughs> no, no, uh, wait, wait, this just in. I just saw the, the last piece of information here. I missed it. The only music they do appreciate are from the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they just love that last train of clocks, Bill. Yeah. Written by, um, what's his name? Um, Sweet Caroline. Oh, uh, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Turn to Clarksville wrote like three monkeys to me. Nick and Roy will continue with totally useless information. Totally useless information with Nick and Roy continues. Listen, laugh, and learn. It takes 60 seconds for a cell of oxygen or carbon dioxide to make a complete trip through the body. So it makes a complete round trip through the body within a minute. So you, you get it, right? It just goes from start to finish. So if you smoke pot, 
it takes one minute for that to get to your brain. I, I said if you smoke pot, it takes one minute. Did I say that already? I you, said if you smoke pot, right. it takes 60 seconds. Right. 60 seconds for what? Wow, man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. You're listening to totally, like, radical, groovy. like, groovy, useless. The <laughs> Information <laughs> with Nick and Roy. Anybody got a puff of fish? And now for something completely useless. A connecting band of tissue, such that is attaching a flexor tendon to the bone of a finger or toe, is called vinculum. A vinculum has actually two meanings. There's one. The other, in mathematics, the line between the two numbers in a fraction is called a vinculum. Ooh, that's a cool one, guys. Okay, so the vinculum is the line that you make, like, in half. One line, two on the bottom is a half. Right. That line is called a vinculum. That's correct. And the other one is it's, it's a and connecting it band of tissue that's attaching a flexor tendon to the bone of a finger or your toe. That is cool. Okay, cool one. Very good. Yep, there you go. And if you have an email you'd like to send us, we make it really easy for you because in case you smoke pot or something, we make it really easy. Not that we're suggesting that you do. www. NickandRoy.com, man. Folks, www.nickandroy.com. Go on, write us. We will research this stuff. We have the tools to do this. We will come up with the answers and go on nickandroy.com and you can be on the show as well. We'll use your name and we'll use your information and you'll be famous. That's right. And we'll track you down. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. Like 20th century skirts, medieval tunic lengths moved up and down as the fashions changed. In the late Middle Ages, tunic. tunic that's what that's, I only see one. <laughs> how much <laughs> how much pot did you not smoke in the <laughs> That's right. Actually, that's when people write me an email, they write tunic in the middle. <laughs> in the Middle Ages, tunics were very, very short, but only for those with the worthiest buttocks, okay? Mm. In, in England, in, in 1463, if you're wearing short tunics, it revealed the male buttocks. They were restricted by law to the upper classes. Peasant posteriors were simply too vulgar to contemplate, let alone see. So, as restricted by law, they were these, these, <laughs> these short tunics, so they were for the upper class minus the C equals the ass. Right. They were for the upper asses <laughs> only for the worthiest buttocks. That was the criteria. Now, in an interesting twist, the eunuchs didn't wear tunics. No, no. And the women with the very large dairy is like a Kardashian were called three nicks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. During the Renaissance period, it was fashionable for women to shave off their eyebrows. Oh. Completely shaven. Nowadays, it looks like some women are smuggling caterpillars on their faces. Have you seen this? <laughs> like these real, like, bushy. In, in Russia, it's called the. It's called the unibrow. <laughs> Did you ever see, like, now the models yeah. have. I mean, I have pretty bushy eyebrows. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just like those models, 100%. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
It's like a it's a chia eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking pictures now, selfies and selling them. Yeah, of course. Um, So bombasting was the thing. Ladies, if you stuff your bras, feel no shame. Your impulse to pad out your clothing has some historical significance. Popular during the Elizabethan era, men and women used to bombast their sleeves to create large leg of mutton arms. Okay? Leg of mutton arms. Men would also bombast their shirts to create a filled out belly, a symbol of prosperity at the time. So you're in. You got the bushy eyebrows and the bulging belly. Exactly. My wife calls me a bombastard all the time. <laughs> yeah, wait till you show up with a shortened tunic. That'll really freak her out. There you go. Because I got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. His is a worthy buttock. You can make over 200 pairs of jeans out of one bale of cotton. For supermodels, maybe you can make 200 pairs of jeans out of one bale of cotton. For me, you make maybe one pair of jeans out of one bale of cotton. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that how big a bale of cotton is that you can make 200 pairs of jeans? That's a lot of cotton. Wow. Powdered wigs. Many people will recognize the powdered wigs in the Middle Ages, but not many are familiar with their tie to syphilis. Back then, many of those in the upper and middle classes had syphilis, which produced some raunchy smells and not to mention baldness. Okay, I'm bald. I don't have syphilis, okay? For the record. You should have took care of that in high school. <laughs> Put a little penicillin. You had hair in high school. See what happened? That's right. In, well, I told you in high school, I was voted most likely to recede. To yeah. cover the smell, many people wore goat, horse, or human hair wigs called perukes. The wigs were powdered in scents like lavender and orange to cover the stink coming from down below. The trend. Ah, this is so bad. I can't take this. <laughs> The trend caught on when Louis XIV started wearing them. And yes, he had syphilis, too. I learned something on our own show. See? So in Italy, they had loads of syphilis, too. I no, they-, <laughs> they were a bunch of folks. You ever see uh, Nick? Nick sometimes raps as a joke, and he says he wears his pants down and so on. Mm-hmm. So you, you see these street thugs and rappers, and Nick, of course, <laughs> wearing their pants low down on their waist. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Do you know how that started as a fashion statement? In L.A., in prisons, they were not allowed to have belts. So most of the time, the guys would be walking and their pants would fall down past their underwear, but not past their hips. And so they would just leave them there because they didn't care. And it became almost like a cool street cred fashion statement to wear your pants like a prisoner, I guess. I don't know why you'd want to do that. You know, where I come from, you'd be like, hey, that Rhodes Scholar, he's really smart. But when you're from L.A., you're like, yo, you want to wear your pants like the prisoners? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Show your Calvin Klein's. <laughs> Remember the song on y- Yankee Doodle Dandy, how he stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. macaroni. The lyric is in reference to the young Frenchmen in the 1750s. Your favorite, the Frenchmen. Don't you love the French? Oh, yes. They're wonderful. Love their fries. The young Frenchman from the 1750s <laughs> took the Italian fashion to the extreme. The most notable element of macaroni fashion was a huge wig with a tiny hat with a feather on top, but it also included flashy waistcoats, bright stockings, and fancy buckled shoes. 
and called it macaroni. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. We really want to thank you very much for joining us. We will scour the internet far and wide to find more useless information for you guys next time. Until then, you tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.